Well, hello there. This is Jonathan Starkey, your absolutely, fabulously, and ridiculously talented digital pub landlord of Cheshire Matters. And... It'll never change by the sounds of things. <laughs> yeah, no, it, well, it isn't going to change, is it? I'm the landlord you know, until the day I digitally die, you know, which could be quite soon, according to my wife. That's correct, yes. If I refer to her as the War Department ever again. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, she's a superstar. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, some people call her a saint. You know? Really. Really. Anyway, in the house tonight, we have the wonderful Mr. Mark Hartley, a.k.a. Stats. Say hello, Stats. Good evening, Mr. Landlord. And we have... Well, he is here. He is. Yeah, we have to say it. Yeah. I know, he is here. 360, that man they call the Raven. Coco. Yeah, baby. <laughs> no, he's in. Yes. Say hello, Steve. Yes, good evening, gentlemen, and to all our listeners across the wonderful county of Cheshire and beyond. I'm here calling in today from our tent in sunny Barmouth, where we are on holiday. Absolutely fabulous place. Lovely, stunning wall scenery and uh, a great place. Okay, well, it makes it even easier for us to mute him. It does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> and we could actually pay Elaine to sort of nail him to a tree down there, and then Barmouth have got him for the rest of the summer season. I'm not sure we'd have to pay her. <laughs> oh, I see, right? I get the general gist of how it's going to go tonight again. <laughs> well, sad to say, we haven't got the gazelle with us this evening. He is otherwise detained, and we send him all our very, very best wishes. Don't we? Yes. We do, we do. We're with you, Trev. We're with you. Love you, Trev. Yeah, love you. Love you. Steve doesn't like talk like that, though. No, no I don't do that kind of thing. Not in there. Go on, tell him right. you love him. Go on, tell him you love him. I love you, Steve. Go on. I'm not <laughs> Steve, tell Trev, but... Should I give, give me a little bit of a lump in the throat saying that, you know, I had to cough it out. Right, well, let's go to the Landlord's Roundup straight away. And Lenny Henry has been making remarks about black faces at Glastonbury. And there's been a bit of a backlash against him because he was remarking about the lack of black faces at Glastonbury. Sorry, is he referring to performers here? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think no. he was talking about the crowds, to yeah, be honest with was, you. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, is it, I don't understand this. Again, it's an open door invitation to anybody who wants to buy a ticket and go. So it's open to everybody. I don't understand That's this. That's right. Yeah. I wouldn't be bothered with Glastonbury. Mud, noise. Okay. I would have said it's a bit ageist. There's probably not that many old people there, is there? Well, Jan no, Moyer. Roll this out too, well, yeah, Jan Moyer followed it up with a story in the Daily Mail who said not everyone wants to go to Glastonbury with Hooray Henrys. No, they don't. No. In their hunty hunter hunty hunter. Why is it, why is it John? Why has it always got to come down to skin colour? I have no Just idea. People want to go Glastonbury, yeah. watch a band. That's fine. If you want, don't want to go, don't go. Well, he okay. got. Yeah. He actually got. He actually got you know the publicity that he wanted. I realise this, but what, 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 what is our, uh, what's his motive? He's going to force people, colour, to go to Glastonbury. That sounds a bit racist. Well, maybe he's going to get reduced tickets. Or you're going to reduce the white people in there, because that's racist too. So can we just let people make their own decisions, and that's fine. Well, it's expensive going to Glastonbury. It's not cheap. No, no, it's not. It's not cheap. High street well, pharmacies, what are you going to say then? Don't butt in. The digital landlord is on the move. Well, I was going to ask, what is a standard sort of average price ticket for Glastonbury then? Well, it's anything up to £300 for entry. Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a laugh. Yeah, that's wow. right. 
And if you want to go uh, glamping, uh, wait till you see the prices uh, of that stuff. Uh, no, thanks. I'll skip that. Okay. High street pharmacies are going to check signs of cancer. So they're going to be able to refer people for cancer treatment. How about that? A whack. I'm a little bit nonplussed about that one, but, you know. Putting it lightly, isn't it? Uh, that's serious. Wow. The government's new cost of living czar, guess now, listen to this, is a multi-millionaire venture capitalist. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what is the point? What is that oh, guy got God. in common with people who are feeling the pinch right now? Yes, I can hear. I can hear you tapping away there in the background, Raven. Yeah, well, I've actually got uh, a Welsh pen for the effects tonight. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to ask or mention this idea of bringing in a czar. Why do we have to have a cost of living czar? What, what, where does this phrase come from, and what does it actually mean? It's just somebody to pass the book to if it all goes wrong. Well, we go. appointed that's the exactly, to- That's exactly what it is. And Mark was going to say exactly the same you thing. stole those words out of my you mouth, You stole Stephen. the words out okay, of Mark's deep. mouth. <laughs> it's obvious though, isn't it? It's got to be a fall guy, hasn't there? Yeah. Uh, that's forest, all it is. It? I'm telling you. <laughs> How about this? Well, Peter Hitchens says, ministers and train firms stupidly wrecked the railways. That's ministers and train firms. So he's not blaming the railway workers or the unions. Well, I think we're going to discuss this a bit in detail. Aren't yeah, we, so. we're going to... We're yeah, going I'll to, come back to it then. Yeah, we're yeah. going to go, go for that. All right, here's one for Steve. Boost for global Britain as UK exports to EU defy Brexit challenges and hit highest level ever. How about that, Steve? Yes, I did see this article. I thought it was fabulous. There is a lot of good news going on regarding Brexit and the aftermath of, uh, you know, the vote six years ago, and okay. uh, now seemingly, everybody seemingly wants to, to jump on the bandwagon and, and appear a positive Brexiteer. Well, I'm sorry, but anybody who's now jumping on the bandwagon, like uh, our, our friend in Ellesmere Port, calling for investment to the farming community, is actually now uh, basically talking Brexit policy regarding farming. So we'll come back to that later. I'm sorry, You're Mr. not Madden, referring but, uh, to our glorious MP of Ellesmere Port, are you? Yes, well, he'll be campaigning for further investments into our fishing fleets before long and securing <laughs> our borders and, and immigration and various other things. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to ask him. Well, you know, apart from the fact that, you know, we've just, we are, the flip side of it is, is that we are in a cost of living crisis, not to remind people too lightly, but that we are. So these gains that we're making on exports are not actually having that much of an effect on the economy right now. Well, they should be because if the policy making was right regarding energy, fuel, taxation, and lots of other different things, this country would be sailing even faster towards greater global uh, dominance and wealth in this country. Instead, policy, fiscal policy failure is affecting the millions of people in this country who cannot survive. Well, it's fiscal report- policy failure is all down to the government. Absolutely. And the government in control. So on the good ship con, which it is a good ship con, 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 being the operative word. A few holes in that ship, isn't there? A uh, few holes. Well, it angers, it's, it, 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 it's sinking. It angers me this because they're throwing a massive opportunity that was given to this country um, six years ago through the independence vote. They're throwing this opportunity at risk and it, it's completely wrong. We should be 
reducing the cost of living across the board. We can reduce VAT because we're now out of the European Union. We can do so many different things. We created a workforce in this country over decades of cheap foreign labour, which affected the the cost, the the wages, and we've sorted so many different things out. And now it's being failed by this this government, I'm afraid. Well, it's heading for Davy Jones's locker, this ship. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Steve, the problem with that is the people who have um, tried to sort Brexit out are not really the Brexiteers, are they? The people who actually campaigned for Brexit didn't really get a say, did they, in what Brexit actually that's was. Right, in the end. So I think this right. is where the problem comes, Steve, because they've bandwagon jumped and they've got no idea what to do with it. That's yeah, absolutely, Mark. Yeah. I need to come back on that because you're absolutely spot on. Simply because, effectively, what's now happening is you're seeing all of those people want to sort of trade on the the positives of the independence issue, and yet they don't really know what it's about, like Mark said. Yeah, they're on the bandwagon. They just can't drive the bandwagon. They've got no clue. No, that's that's right. That angers me as well. But I have to say, if the Conservatives don't start getting this right and readdressing the independence issue and the taxation issue and everything else to create the right circumstances for people in this country to become more wealthier, which is what it was all about, then the Conservatives are going to pay a high price because a third party will rise again. Oh, yeah, there'll be something something come about. I mean, you're starting to see see certain things like, um, you know, in France at the moment, yeah. Macron has been humiliated Good. and he faces a vote of no confidence yes. after the election because he hasn't got a majority in the House. His party haven't got a majority. No. So, you know, it's as simple as that. Now, pretty poor Patel... Yeah, it's catching on, isn't it? Yeah, proves yeah. Julia Assange's Julian Assange extradition to the US. That's shocking. Shocking. That is shocking. Rowan Atkinson, he says comics should make jokes about anything. Yes, they should. Yes. Totally Correct. agree with that one. Totally agree with that one. But they're not allowed to, are they? This is the thing. Well, they are. It is getting to that point. <laughs> what about this man? He, he actually complained about a Premier Inn room that he was in. And he said that somebody had been smoking in it. So he complained about it. Did he complain to Lenny Henry? I don't know who he complained, <laughs> complained to. But then he was the one. He's a non-smoker. And he was slapped with a £100 fine as if he was the one that actually smoked in the room. So he was the one that got <laughs> slapped with the fine. It was like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on with Premier Inn? Cabinet Mister Minister, I was going to say Cabinet Mister, <laughs> Cabinet Mister, <laughs> Cabinet Minister Nadine Doris mocks the PM's ethic advisor Lord Guite, mm. no, who actually resigned. Yes, yes, last week. Now that's not a guide to annoy, really. Yeah. I don't care who she thinks she What's is. She mocking him for. She basically turned around and said, "Well, nobody's going to bother because nobody knows who he is anyway." And she was basically trying to belittle Lord oh, Guite. Right. Now. That's a mistake, because this guy is... uh, Again, that's going off the actual subject. It was his role. That's right. That's the issue, not who he is. He was the ethics minister. It's his role and why he stepped down. Uh, We'll just, we won't won't worry about that then, and we'll just build a straw man and go off on another argument. Go on another argument. That's all it is. Just a distraction. Just a distraction. What about all the airlines and the problems that they've got at the moment? I, you know, it's chaos. They're absolute chaos for those people going off on holidays. Didn't see that coming, did they? No, none of them saw that coming. No. Um, oh, my God. Russia is now China's biggest oil supplier. Did anybody see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> no? 
And Russia is also threatening NATO member Lithuania after sanctioned goods are blocked. So Lithuania actually blocked some goods that were actually running through there from Russia, and they blocked them. And so Russia has said, hmm, uh, it's going to be trouble here. But, I mean, if they're picking on NATO, Russia are finished. doesn't matter yeah. what anybody says. Because they're not going yeah. to pull the nuclear trick. They won't do that. They won't do that to their own people. So they're just going to get blatted. And Russia, it's about time somebody did blat Russia because they've been getting away with it for so long. Their own people are probably sitting back and saying, why are the shelves in the supermarkets empty? Why has McDonald's now changed its name? What's going on? Biden's false, probably. Yeah, it's probably all to do with <laughs> Biden. What about this one? This is going together with my shout down this evening. Ofgem announces plans to stop energy firms overcharging customers. How about that? Very good. Well, if they are going to do that, because what they do is they actually bump up the direct debits without letting the people know. Because how many people look at their bank statements every month? Not many. Well, they will be, probably, they will be doing it now. I think everyone's doing it now, aren't they? But when the energy companies put up your direct debits, they're actually using the people of this country like an ATM card. And they're just dipping in to go get the money. I mean, the profits that they've made over the past two years have been quite massive. Yes, they have, haven't they? And so no wonder they're actually saying, you know, the government is saying, well, you know, they're going to agree now to a tax on the profits of the energy companies. But... That isn't going to help people unless it's passed on. It was just like the 5P. I can hear him in the background there. I'm going to mute you. If you keep on tapping that Welsh pen, I'm going to mute you anyway. <laughs> Speak. I was just going to say... It's like a conductor at an orchestra. He's ready, to, he's, he's ready to actually say, okay, first desk of violins. Okay, you. Ready? Go. Yeah, go on. It doesn't have to go on. I was just going to say... It's time we had the conversation in this country Kettle, pot, about black. <laughs> about basically renationalizing the utilities and water and Oh, I think that's a must. It's space. an absolute must. And the railways. This 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 conversation about and the billions and billions of pounds in profits. And also um, you know, the CEO CEOs of all of these organizations on multi-million pound bonuses while people can't afford to live in this country. It's oh, obscene. It's madness. To be Absolute madness. I, I think yeah, that's I think, coming to an end. I'll be honest. I think if we nationalised them, we'd probably get worse. Well, I don't. I, I, don't. I no, think no, if sorry. it's done right, it can work. The government, have, I think if it's by the people, for the people, I think there may be a complete change. There'd just be strikes after strike after strike, wouldn't there? I'm not Never so end. sure about that, but yeah. I mean, if they do that, they'll lose favour with the public anyway, and the public will react. So it's as simple as that. I do believe that we are going to be witnessing civil unrest in this country if the government carry on in the way that they do, and which brings us nicely onto, we're going to go on to the national news story of this evening, and this is about all the strikes that are coming up. And I know that you're going to be wanting to get in on some of this, Steve, but let me just go through them. I mean, right now, I mean, I was due to be in London, you know, for a couple of days. I forget that. The tube strike. And they're just flashing these strikes with no problem. They're just coming up. Tube and rail. 
And that is it now. The, the unions are actually saying to the government, it's your fault. The government are saying to the unions, it's your fault because you have to speak to the employers. But the RMT has said they wanted to speak to the government because the government do control the train operators. So why they weren't actually orchestrating and getting them around the table, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Grant Shapps. He's just slick at the mouth, but short on action. Go ahead, Mark. Yes, I read that a big part of this is the fact that revenues are down on some of the trains and stuff. Is it possible to pay them more? Because where's the extra money going to come from? Is it going to come from government subsidies, which means then the taxpayer? Yeah. So we're going to fund that. Well, people we did are, fund it during people, the lockdown. I realised that, but these decisions were, oh, I'd say that these decisions were made by the government to lock the country down, which affected the railways. Yeah. So in part, that is right, government. Okay, let's go across to Steve. Go on, Steve, in Bolivia. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> really, you know, part of the reason, you know, there's been a big shift in how people work over the past two years. A lot more people still working from home. And with a lot of companies, that's now becoming the norm. Um, in, in a lot of cases to go in for maybe three days a week instead of five and things like that. Um, but the other side of it is the cost of actually travelling on trains and public transport. Oh, a lot it's of it is massive. It's horrendous. massive. You know, some people, I, I, I did mention it in a previous podcast that it was cheaper for some guy to have a flight out to a country in Europe, spend a night in a hotel and then travel back via a flight. Really? But to actually, it was cheaper for him to do that than to travel from one side of this country to another. That's incredible, isn't it? And he went out and he had a a, a lovely hotel stay for the night and a lovely meal, came back, and he arrived at his location after he flew in and then got, got a train to his location. And that was cheaper than buying a ticket for the train location where he was originally to the train location where he wanted to be. Something's really wrong here, uh, isn't it's, it? That's, it's massive. That's, wow. When you consider that Germany are giving travel to all their citizens and they're subsidising it, nine euros a month for travel anywhere in Germany. What's this government doing? Well, they're fueling the fires for... Well, the point, oil over hot water, or whatever the expression is, over troubled waters. And it's no good. It's no good. It, it has to stop. There is something in, endemically, fundamentally wrong with the way that this government is going about it. And if all the unions come out, because we're talking about thousands of members of the Rail, Maritime and Transport Union at Network Rail, and there's 13 train operators have walked out They've walked out. That's it. And they're going to just be doing flash strikes wherever they feel that they want to do these things. And Boris Johnson is saying, well, this is unnecessary aggravation. Well, it's not only affecting those people, it's affecting footfall for the shops in London as well. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I can see the reasons behind these strikes and I can understand why they're doing it. But yeah, it's unfair to the people who, who can't strike. I mean, are they gonna? They're not gonna get a rise in line with inflation, are they? So no. Huh? Well, d- inflation at the moment is uh, around nine percent. I mean, I can see why they're striking, but I just think we're going about this the wrong way. But with, we're talking, we're talking about real increases because if they get nine percent, 
that's still not an increase. No, it, 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 you have to take into account what they were being paid at an earlier year. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a real increase, as it were. And I suppose that if they were to ask for a percentage which would give them a real increase on their wages, I'm, I suppose everybody would be saying, well, that's just too greedy. And that's the way the government would put it across. Right? I just think the country's been crippled enough the last two years. I just don't think we need all this. Well, go ahead, Steve. Uh, you know what? If he does that with that pen anymore, that's it. That finger on the mute button is going. I don't even care if it's a Welsh pen. And I'm not being xenophobic towards the Welsh, but that's it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, the conversation that Mark has just had there in relation to timing of all this, we had the very same conversation with a, a lady with a, in, in a shop in uh, Barmouth earlier today. And she was talking about the, the rail strikes. And we were talking that the timing is not good after the past two years. Now, we all know that the cost of everything is starting to go up and up. But really, the mechanisms for solving all of this, the cost of living and lots of different things, lies with the government's fiscal policy, VAT, fuel duty cost, 5% off uh, a litre of fuel. Uh, sorry, 5% off a litre of fuel. Yeah. It's an absolute joke. It's, it's pathetic. Well, and... The- We've got to see real changes now because we've got to start looking at the cost of fuel, VAT, and start to reduce VAT on the essentials. And they've got to start looking at the mechanisms of energy and food supply. Now, I have to say, I do want to say this very quickly. This is important because one of the key issues or sets of issues that was around independence was food and energy independence being self-sufficient. Now, there's that been no meant thought that the on prices this. would go down for people. That's right. And there's been no thought on this for the past 10, 20, or 30 years. We've been highly dependent on cheap foreign labor. We've been highly dependent on imports. And we've underfunded our own farming industry. And I'm going to give a big shout down to our Mr. Justin Madders because he's about 30 years behind on that debate. And now he's looking to sort of carry the argument for investments into British farming. Well, I'm sorry, but some of us have been on this for a quarter of a century, Mr. Madders. But everybody loves Justin in Ellesmere, Port and Neston. I think Justin needs to maybe ask the government why they're actually giving sums of money to farmers to step back from farming. Well, there's loads of things. Yeah. If you want to delve into yes. that, that oh, is yes. a nest of vipers. It is. A nest Absolutely. of vipers. The other thing that I don't like about what's going on and especially with the rail strikes, is that the taxi drivers and Uber and the others, there are reports that they're actually profiteering from it. They have been upping their fares. They will. I've experienced that just when there's festivals on it in the, in the local area and stuff, prices go up. Well, that, that is wrong. That's not helping your own at all. It's not. Well, That's that, not pulling together. To me, John, I think um, if people want to take a stand... I think we should all get together and use our lawful right to petition the Queen and maybe hand her a modern-day Bill of Rights. After all, she's under contract, isn't she? Yeah. To ensure the rights of her subjects. I think all this, all these um, strikes, I don't think it's going to fix the problems. Well, not but, only... You know, Go ahead, sorry. You know, a lot of it, and, it, and it annoys me a bit, it's like you're being held to ransom by some of these unions and the, the fat cats are on quite a bit of money, aren't they? Yeah, but the unions might have a point. Oh, yeah. They've got a point. I said this earlier. I just think that this time now, we don't need this. Yeah, it's, no, not, it's it. not helping. It's not just these sectors that have got problems. What about hospitality? Yeah. When can they strike? If hospitality strikes, they're only shooting themselves in the foot. That's right. But as That's you right. Said, I thought, get that. They're suffering now because of these strikes. Yeah. Think of all the pubs and stuff in London or all the restaurants and everything. 
But the I ones mean, charging £8 a pint. Yes, well, they won't be getting as many pints. Uh, well, people won't be buying pounds, them. They won't, no? No, I mean, I've seen videos in London. looks really quiet today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? It? I bet. it does. Go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, Mark is actually uh, quite right with regards to timing. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think the people of this country and small businesses and people going to work are caught between a government that's failing on fiscal policy and actually the actions of the unions. Now, you imagine being somebody who has to travel and commute by train uh, to get to work, and now all of a sudden you can't get there and it's going to cost you a whole lot more to try and keep your job under wraps and look after your job yeah, and lots yeah. of different things like that. Now, there is something that's being missed, in my view, in all of this, in terms of um, farming, as an example and lots of other businesses that are struggling with the cost rising. And that is, this is a key factor now. We need to look at this at some point. I am coming across businesses and industries everywhere whereby they cannot get staff. And yet, we're paying, I'm going to emphasize the key phrase here, fit and healthy and able people, lifestyle money, good money to people who choose not to work rather than take work. Right and full time work. Now, one of the reasons is, you know, we've got farming issues and people talk about food chain supply because they can't get the staff. Well, that was the key issue of independence, so that wages would rise. I read about four or five months ago, some farming communities were offering 24, 25, 30 pounds an hour to get people, and they wouldn't take it. What on earth is wrong with people? It's an issue and an uncomfortable issue. Understood. And it's the conversation to be had. There, it is a very complicated problem. We're going to have to wrap that one up, and I'm going to comment on this straight away, that not only are the teachers, doctors, and binmen planning to join the strike action with the trained workers, but we're also talking about, and this is actually going to cause an even bigger problem in the courts, the barristers. criminal barristers yeah. are now voting to go on strike in a row over legal aid. Well, they so, let everybody off anyway, so there's no issue with that one. Well, <laughs> the barristers specialising in criminal law, they have voted to go on strike in a row over legal aid funding, with several days of court walkouts expected from next week. And this is the Criminal Bar Association, CBA. I, just, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we nicknamed them something else before because it's just letting the criminals off, we sort of called them the can't be asked right? <laughs> barristers. <laughs> okay, no, but uh, but they representing the barristers in England and Wales announced industrial action after a ballot of the members, uh, and the, the well, backlogs are massive. I didn't, even, I, I didn't even think these people would uh, be allowed to 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 strike. I thought it was one of those institutions that you could not strike. Well, they're going to be picketing outside the courts including the Old Bailey in London, Crown Courts in Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Leeds, and Manchester. I wonder if anybody's going to be having a go at Chester. Do you think there'll be anybody well, I can't, I can't imagine well-heeled and well-dressed barristers with their briefcases stood around a burning oil drum. Well, in actual fact, they're not, they're not that well-paid. I mean, there are people at the lower end who have just come into it, and it's said that they're only earning twelve to 13000 a year in the first three years of practice. I mean, how about that? Maybe they've got a point. So, uh, you know, the, the, something. Go ahead, Mark. I'm just going to zoom back and just look at the big picture on all this. And for me, ultimately, the main cause of the problems here seems to have come from these ludicrous society-destroying lockdowns, which, if I'm not wrong, the unions were all for at the time. 
Yeah. But now the implications are not happy with them. So now they're going to kick off. It just, I just That's think collectively, I think collectively the whole country just needs to, we need to do something about this mess. And to start that, I think we've all got to start voting differently. Neither parties, because I'm sorry, but it wouldn't have mattered if Labour were in control the last few years. In fact, I think we'd be in more debt and more problems now. Well, yeah, it's Correct. very, very we need possible. A total but political shake-up, otherwise we're going to be here every week complaining about the same things and nothing gets done. Well, there is. we're heading towards a total breakdown yeah, we are. of this country. I mean, especially if the teachers start to disappear as well. I mean, they'll yeah, just leave the jobs. Well, yeah. Yeah. They'll just leave the jobs. And that's another thing we don't need. We've just had kids taken out of school. I know. There's a backlog in the courts and they yeah. want to jam all this up again. This is not the right time to be done. We need to find a different way to sort this problem out. A strong stance from the government towards these people is the wrong stance. Like Steve said, with lack of leadership. Yeah, it is a lack of leadership. We should be getting people around the table. Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, actually, with with regards to what Mark has said there regarding, you know, vote differently and and avoid the, the main two, that comes back to what I've been saying for some time. And there is a role to be had. Okay. Well, it's going to be nice to actually wrap this up. And I know that we were going to have uh, a local by Trevor this evening. Yes. Um, but it, unfortunately, he's not here. So he is going, we're going to be saving that till next week. Now, Steve, do you want to give a quick comment on what you were saying before about what was going yeah, on? Yeah, I'll keep it very brief. It's, it's something that um, it does anger me, actually. And I find it very frustrating. I'm being a little bit serious here. We have, um, uh, and, uh, you know, I've got all the time for Justin Matters in Ellesmere Park, but. He's now raising the issue of farming and investing in British farming so that we can become more self-sustainable, uh, food in, uh, independence, et cetera, et cetera, and we should be doing this sort of thing. Now, mm-hmm. I have to say a big part of the independence cause was to maintain our independence in food security, okay, and invest in our own farming communities yep. and encourage people to buy British and encourage people to take up jobs in that sector and lots of other things. And I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit naffed off with people because there's a fertilizer factory that's closing in Cheshire yep. and he's brought it, that into the fray. I won't go into all the semantics. Well, the that, that fertilizer factory makes the carbon dioxide, 50% of the carbon dioxide needs of the UK. That's right. But the point I'm making here in all of this is we ha- now have uh, uh, an MP who I understood, and, and if I remember correctly, was a Remain MP. He was a Remainer, call- yeah. Yeah, call- calling for public investment by the government into our farming communities. That is exactly what we, as independence campaigners, did for over 25 years. We were pursuing that cause to support our British farming, British fishing, British manufacturing, and everything else. And now I'm, I'm getting a little bit angry of these people bandwagoning on, bandwagoning on the subject. It okay. really winds me up. Mark, wind that one up. Yeah, but at the same time, we need them to jump on the bandwagon because we need these things to happen. So, yeah. I mean, the, the Brexiteers were, were, were alienated from the situation, so we can't yeah. implement this stuff. It's not to say we as in me, but the Brexiteers. So the best, the next best thing is people are going to have to start thinking like well, Brexiteers well, and implementing this stuff. A born-again Remainer. 
Well, the thing is, Mark, going back to what we were both saying before, we've got to have real Brexiteers doing it rather than people who just want to sound good. Yeah, Fair enough. Right, well, we're going to finish that one off and we're going to welcome Trevor back next week with his local with Warren Nation Street episode. I don't know what episode number it is, but it's... Lost count, haven't we? <laughs> anyway, can we have the shout-outs and shout-downs and then we're going to end the show. With Steve, uh, Steve, you're in Peru, is that right? Bolivia, wasn't it? No. <laughs> Guatemala. No, no, I'm not in Peru. I'm in Barmouth, uh, on the coast of Wales. It's a fabulous little place. Well, it's Absolutely. as good as the Amazon, isn't it, really? He <laughs> 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 was talking to some of my cousins, the pygmies there. <laughs> Tell him he's what? doing well for himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, watch out. There's a pygmy about, that's me. Anyway, okay, shout outs, shout downs, let's go for it. Go ahead. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm ready, I'm ready. I'll give a little shout out to Mr. Trevor Nichols, the gazelle. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll see him again next week. Yeah, well, hopefully we, um, we will see him again. But, well, of course we will. <laughs> but uh, as per usual, I'm going to have to have a shout down. Okay, go and ahead. This time it is to Antifa, who, for anyone who doesn't know, are ironically called anti-fascists. Oh, yes. Yes, they've been showing what a contradiction they are by turning up to a women's rights rally in Bristol. I think these feminists were actually there to celebrate Father's Day, ironically. Oh, right. But yeah, a bunch of uh, masked-up uh, anti-fascists. God, they don't half look like Nazis. But anyway, they turned up intimidating and abusing and pushing women around and ripping things up. What for? Because um, trans rights are human rights, apparently. Well, not according to what's happening. There's a big fight back, especially going on in sport. So, you know, th these women are just there saying women are adult, human, females. You know, the, the, all the boring stuff we have to explain to these lunatics. Uh, well, apparently they're not happy with this. These anti-fascists who act like fascists. It's just, they just did a walking contradiction. So apparently okay. they were harassing them. And even when the, the women went to the pub afterwards, they were still harassing them, yeah. threatening to throw them in rivers and, and all this stuff. And, you know, our Annoying. brilliant police force, they came to the rescue, of course. Oh, yeah. Not. No, they didn't, though. No. I, I just didn't. wonder if this was an ethnic minority group there and someone was intimidating and giving them grief. Would they have just stood and watched? Oh, yeah, that would be a completely but different thing. Because they were women. They'd be reporting all right. sorts of hate crimes to the police. Whatever happened to protecting women? When you're oh. engaged, I was taught you look after women. That's right. You don't get a mask on and scream at them. Well, I'll just finish with this one because... Go on. <laughs> the protesters actually got one back on the anti-fascist. Go on. Said, your mum's a turf. <laughs> Your mum's a turf. What's a turf? A tra trans... Oh, it's basically people who don't, who don't believe that um, trans women are women. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> so they call their mums turfs. Sticks and stones, sticks they, and uh, stones. Well, they, they probably don't think the same as their children, seeing as they gave birth to them. Anyway. All right. Okay, Steve. It's it. messy. It's messy. <laughs> Go on, Steve. This is your sh chance for a shout-out or a shout-down one. Well, I've got three. No. Um, mute. Uh, I'll mute you. Come no. on, hurry up. God, I snuck to really one quick one. It, it's it's all one mentioning three things. How do you mean it's all one mentioning three things? Oh, someone's Stop annoyed it. you, Steve. Go ahead. Is it your counsellor? Uh, uh, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to the stunning scenery of Wales, the tenting skills of Mrs. Ingram, and the self-inflating memory phone camping mattress. Hang on, hang on. You let your wife put the tent up, Stephen? Yeah. No, no, we both Poor did. But oh, no, that's not what you said. We have to take you what you said there. But if she Elaine put the tent up. You, then, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it. 
Right, okay. There you go. So the shout out is to <laughs> Elaine, really. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah. All right. Well, my shout down is to Scottish Power. What a bunch of idiots. Ew. What a bunch of idiots. And I'm hoping that they're going to see some sense very, very soon. Otherwise, I'm going to start mentioning things that they did in 2019. Set up a rival company, English Power. English Power. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to start finding out. I'm just wondering whether or not, you know, it would be interesting to know what, if there's been any donations from Scottish Power to any political parties. I'd oh. love to know that. Be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, if they're supporting them in any yeah. way. That'd be interesting. Anyway, we're going to move on, and this is the end of the show. And are you ready with your quote, Stephen Ingram? I am. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, Mr. Ingram. Give us your quote. It is the mark of an educated mind. Have you cut it off? No. <laughs> right, I'll start again then because it sounds as though you've cut it off. No, I haven't. Are you messing with it? Right. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Aristotle. Nice. Okay, that's a good one. It is. Yeah. It won't be in the show, it goes. It was muted. <laughs> well, we, we apparently now have a campaign started called Hashtag justice for steve <laughs> now we'll cancel that we'll cancel it's cancelled oh it's a, wait, it's wait, a woke wait. it's a woke movement yeah, well wait wait till the ceo hears that uh has been cancelled i think there's beef for all going on okay mark go ahead okay, my quote's not as good as that one but it's short and sweet and it's this don't trust everything you see even salt looks like sugar yeah that's right that's right well as always Trevor, we've missed you. Missed you, Trevor. Yeah, we missed you. Steve was here, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Peru. Hey, maybe he could. I wonder if we could get a picture of him with Paddington. Is that where he is, Paddington? Yeah. Paddington's in Peru at the moment. Yeah. Flew out after the, the gig Queen. with the Queen. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, thank God that's all over. Bye, bye, everybody. Say good night. Good night. Yeah, say goodnight, Steve. Yes, good night, gentlemen, and I'll see you next.